Hello and welcome to Bloomberg Crypto. My name is James Gore and this video is for the 7th of May 2020. Four days, nine hours, 16 minutes and five seconds away from the halving right now. Looks like it's going to likely happen on the 11th rather than the 12th of May just because time is creeping up uh, and it's, uh, it seems to be getting earlier and earlier. So it looks like we're not far away from the Bitcoin halving, which is of course where the block reward per block is uh, divided by two, and that helps with the inflation rate over time. And it's an interesting event that's approaching. We're going to be talking about this today. We're going to be talking about market cycles and structure based off some TA by a guy on Twitter called Dan Crypto. We're going to be talking about some news. But just before we do start, don't forget to go to BloombergCrypto.com forward slash insider to stay up to date with all things crypto and get some extra goodies on top of that. So a little debate here for you guys, just something to ponder. Okay, and this isn't about whether or not the halving is priced in because crypto markets are inefficient. None of this is priced in. That's why things are so volatile. So let's quickly talk about scarcity and what scarcity actually is. Listen to a fantastic uh, podcast with Plan B and Safe Dean with another chap. I can't remember the other chap's name, unfortunately. Um, but there was just one comment that which really stood out to me during that whole thing. Uh, when they were discussing the new stocks of flow cross uh, asset model. So that safety and said, um, so the scarcity in Bitcoin isn't actually from the blocks halving, the block reward halving, or the amount of Bitcoin, you know, being reduced per per block. It's from people's desire to own Bitcoin ultimately at the end of the day. Because if it's something that nobody is interested in, then you know a programmed scarcity feature isn't really a scarcity feature. And you know, comparing it to commodities, silver, gold, and how the stock and supply the stock to flow ultimately is manipulated by companies, especially in commodities, and how some precious metals that were previously currencies, aka silver, uh, copper as well, iron, were previously used as currencies, and just how they've moved and shifted away from that over time, just due to supply, due to demand. So, what's really interesting, guys, is it's giving me a, just that one sentence is giving me a very different perspective on the halving event. Um, which is really interesting. I'm still very bullish on Bitcoin, but it makes me think about the halving event as a psychological FOMO event for people that are new to Bitcoin that's pre-programmed in. Because if you've been through a halving already, which some of you probably have, then you know um, not much actually happens. Nothing crazy happens. Um, you still have the same amount of Bitcoin. Um, technically speaking, we all know what the Bitcoin supply is. There's actually just 21 million Bitcoin. That's how much, how many Bitcoin there are going to be. That's not really changed. So what's really interesting is people that look at the halving as an event that's going to guaranteed pump the price of Bitcoin, which is interesting. What really, um, or using it as a metric or as, as a barometer of the price of Bitcoin pumping, we're really actually does that is actual people's need or wants to hold transact in Bitcoin. So uh, I highly recommend you seek out 
uh, the interviews that Plan B has done. It's the podcast with Peter McCormack that he just did, which is really good because he talks about the phases, well, it hints at potential future phases that Bitcoin could go through. So, for example, assessment layer for, for governments, uh, for uh you know for oil industry possibly or the or looking at bitcoin as a as a something that could be used for national security and that would make sense for, you know it's harder money than what already exists and potentially some governments are doing that already but let's quickly move over to this this tier on the chart by dan crypto trades and he's looked at um the halving events He's looked at, at market cycles and he's looked at this from around 2014 to now. And uh, it's really interesting. He's using Ichimoku clouds here. So that's the red and green. And generally speaking, when you're trading above the green cloud, you're in like a really nice area, you know, rally and a run, bull market. Um, but there's very clear alt seasons he's noted on here which really do fit with what's happening that being said i have to say in the run-up to 2017 2018 i'll be honest like i'd still consider this also alt season just because so many altcoins are really performing well and uh, especially binance coin which is one of my picks i mean link is an example of this don't necessarily need um an alt season stereotype you know to have all coins specifically really perform well it can do with some good fundamental analysis um but we're right before the next alt season it seems according to market cycles and structure he's predicting that we'll see resistance and a rejection from around 10,000 to 10,300 and then we get a pullback to about 8,000 this is very this is very rough 8,000 7,000 and sideways trade all coins do ridiculously well until almost the end of the year and then we see a breakout and then we just continue on with the price moving higher so very interesting stuff very very interesting stuff um seems to fit you know this market structure and it's just a theory it's just a model uh it's just uh you know an, an idea of something that could potentially happen but it fits fits the structure that's for sure so we could be around the corner from a naught season but who knows we shall see so let's move on to the news for this video if you notice no ta today just going to move on to the uh, to the news for the past 24 hours um so yeah so google releases algorithm update is bitcoin news being censored well let's be realistic guys i think all of you who are in the crypto space have noticed how some of your crypto influencers have been uh receiving less search traffic so to speak on youtube and also just less on google and some also had videos removed there's definitely been a shift in approach to this space from the tech giant and you know if you've if you've been around this channel since when i first started it you know this channel was one of the channels that got shadow banned quite early on so if you remember back in the day uh three three years ago or less roughly uh this channel was affected by by a, a wave of algorithm updates as well so it's something that's going to happen periodically and i think it's just due to advertising um and then their their model to make money ultimately um this article well predominantly and i'm going to stay away from the conspiracy aspect that google doesn't want people to learn about bitcoin um 
because if that really were the case they just sense a bitcoin from google search engine from the algorithm which is easy to do and if you look at google trends that's not really the case but people are going to find out information one way or the other um bitcoin is one of those things that's going to you know it's covered by cnbc it's covered by the news i guarantee you when bitcoin breaks its recent all-time high of 20k you know the news is going to be going like crazy on the mainstream media and there's no you know there's no way google will if it if it were to completely sense be censoring bitcoin and crypto there's no way they'd be able to continue to do that um in a broader sense of the word so if you are noticing a bit of a change it would be interesting to let me know um because you know most of the news sources that i seek out i've already got bookmarked so i'm not really looking at google um, but I mean, if this is the case, it's just one more reason to not use Google services. So you can use DuckDuckGo. Uh, I love DuckDuckGo. It's really amazing on mobile, I have to say. I'm really amazed by how effective it is and efficient it is. And it comes with Brave Browser, which, you know, helps block uh, some malicious things. doesn't really help with privacy, um, but uh, I'll be talking about that probably separately at some point with you guys uh possibly we'll see um but yeah um this is no surprise i mean this is something we've been experiencing in this space for quite some time uh, it's probably going to continue to happen and continue to get worse just because it's not prob it's probably not on brand for google um at the moment so anyway moving on so so if you remember telegram had a uh <laughs> essentially a bit of bit of a back and forth with the SEC regarding their TON token and launching their <clears throat> their their ton network. So they I think they refunded seventy five percent or were considering refunding seventy five percent of those that have already uh, invested in the ICO or or pre invested. But let's quickly go over what's happened recently because it's really good indication of future projects looking to go down this avenue and what they could face i heard after ton that you know sec is going after uh hashgraph hedera hashgraph i think that's how you say it um next so let's see but ton developers major proof of stake validators and community enthusiasts have announced the launch of free ton powered by the native token TON Crystal in a declaration. The protocol was developed by Dr. Nikolai Durov together with the Telegram team as the latter was struggling to win a court case against the SEC, which led to the failure to launch the project on schedule. It seems the community has stepped in. Among other participants, Ton Labs and P2P Org are featured on the launch parties. In this piece, we shared these about the launch of free TON and recall the trouble story of its predecessor going back to the secretive ICO in 2018. So, um, let's quick, quickly go over this. So free to will be, ton will be launched in several phases for the sake of ensuring the gradual development of the protocol involving the initial developers and mass adoption. The signees claim that they will ensure maximum possible decentralization in governance, software development and validation. Since we believe, this is a quote, since we believe in freedom of speech and freedom of sharing and free software, we have decided to give the power back to the community. The TON protocol represents an opportunity to create a massively scalable network, benefiting hundreds of millions of people, since around smart contracts with easy to use tools for developers and users. It can promote free trade, equal opportunities, censorship resistance and cooperation during an unprecedented threat from a pandemic and an economic crisis. So it's really important to judge actions with projects like this. So this seems like uh, they really had 
good intentions. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't release it for free. Um, obviously, there is a strong money-making component to an ICO, and you know those funds have gone somewhere. But re at least releasing some of the ton, ton for free is interesting. I'm assuming the code is open source as well, so people can contribute to develop to development too, which is lovely. But um, at least this is a at least a sign that they're looking to uh, do some, do some good with this. Um, however, it could be just a means to skirt around what's happening with the SEC. Who knows, really? Okay, moving on. So UFC is partnering with blockchain startup Chili's to increase fan engagement. So this is a, a big organization, well, a relatively big sports organization, um, partnering with a blockchain or crypto space. So. Announced on Thursday, UFC is partnership uh, with Chili's to reach over, so to allow 13, sorry, 318 million global fans to access offers and rewards, including tickets to UFC events or pre-sale access to tickets. Giving more details to the partnership, Chili's CEO Alexander Dreyfus. Alexander Dreyfus, where do I know that name from? That's such a, that's such a specific name. That's so familiar to me. Um, Alexander Dreyfus told the block that CHZ token holders will have exclusive chances to the UFC Fight Islands that should be announced in a few weeks. We will also work together on initiatives to engage and monetize UFC's global fan base and also looking for tokenization of some fighters. Tokenization of some fighters. So this is a really interesting thing I want you guys to kind of have a think about the future that we're moving into. Uh, I saw uh, an article like a few weeks ago in terms of an artist or group of artists tokenizing themselves and the output and their work and that people that do invest in them through this um, self coin offering so seo i'm calling it right now i can't remember the right name for it um will get a percentage of the profits of their their physical outputs and um, their artists and it's really interesting because it's like you're tokenizing yourself when you're working for a company however and they're tokenizing you that is really interesting because like I am, you know, it's like, what what are you tokenizing? Are you tokenizing my ability? Are you tokenizing my performance? Um, because wouldn't you assume the fighter had some right to that? I mean, if I was an athlete working for, for example, if I'm a footballer and I'm working for, you know, a football team and my football team was going to tokenize tokenize me so essentially sell tokens that are related to to me like i'm a like a trading card almost like a like a trading card and the value of my 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 uh well i guess i'm not providing individual tokens for each player but but let's let's ignore that then let's think about this the trading card example ignore that but they're selling tokens of the back of me and my popularity um what percentage of that should i be getting you know what's um because because realistically speaking these individual athletes could just re release this themselves and do it themselves and do it directly to the public why would they go through a third party or why would they go through their employer to do it um just because they have access well most athletes most most public figures have some kind of social media presence why don't they just do that and then just trade their own token against something else so it's it's a bit it's, it's very interesting in terms of the individual rights of the individual 
versus a company that they're working for, especially in this very new emerging technology in space. It's, I, I guarantee that people are going to be, that individuals are going to be taking advantage of the companies can start tokenizing their employees completely. So um, interesting stuff. Moving on. So I, <laughs> I won't cover this because it's not positive news. So let's skip that. It's about Craig Wright and his PhD being fake. Um, plagiarized rather. Okay, so uh, Bitstamp will align its trading service with Signature Bank commercial payments platform. So this is really interesting. This is this is great progress in the space, uh, at least for Bitstamp. So Bitstamp announced today that its crypto exchange will integrate Signet TM, Signature Bank's commercial digital payments platform. The move is another example where crypto exchanges are integrating digital asset services with traditional unregulated financial institutions. Bitstamp said by integrating Signet's API, Bitstamp has expanded the availability of around the clock near instant transfers to a greater range of its institutional clients. The solution allows Bitstamp's institutional customers to transfer USD to and from the exchange real time 24 seven with clearing and settlement completed within seconds. So what was this saying to me? Institutional money is on the brink of flooding this space. It's already here, but there's some players that just will not be able to access this space without certain conditions being met. Um, having functioning technology that they can trust is probably in terms of on, on ramps and off ramps into this space and outside the space is probably one of those things and Bitstamp is helping facilitate that. Um, we do have Coinbase institutional platform as well um, but it seems like most of the major exchanges will probably have some kind of institutional product and um, that's probably eventually going to be tied to the main spot exchanges which they started off creating uh, when they launched and trading with anyway so you know there's gonna there's at some point there is going to be a flood of institutional investors moving into this space and uh when that does happen that'd be a very very interesting time um it's probably closer than we think moving on um funny funny post on decrypt so vitalik buterian how ethereum could help heal the world so at ethereal Buterin argue that cryptocurrencies will help countries come together in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic. I can see that actually. I mean, I saw a an article, I can't remember which country, but um, people in a, in a small town created their own paper currency to trade just because because the, their local currency wasn't working, not in the terms of an inflationary aspect, but in terms of access and supply. So they created their own local currency, which is very, very interesting. But Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin appeared at Ethereal Summit 2020 today, where he discussed Ethereum's possible role in a post-coronavirus future and whether the current crisis would trigger an influx of users into cryptocurrency. Speaking to finance Camilla Russo, Buterin suggested Ethereum could be the glue that holds a fractious world together for that from COVID-19. Um, however, he stopped short of predicting global influx to crypto at this present time so let's go to some of the quotes he mentioned so he said he sees the similarities between 2008 and what we're going through now absolutely also with the great depression as well uh 2008 was entirely a financial crisis 2020 is not really a financial crisis at the first and foremost it's a virus crisis on top of that it's a political crisis Ooh, uh, i don't know about that i think this is just i have to disagree there this is um this is just the pin it seems honestly this coronavirus um, pandemic is is really a, a good opportunity to highlight the, the issues with the existing financial system and the problems therein because 
all this has done is, you know, all the government guidance saying people have to stay at home, um, you know, it means they're not they're not economically productive. They can't work from home. Some of these people are furloughed. Most people are losing their jobs. So where's the actual economic activity happening? How are people transacting value? Um, bear in mind that, you know, if people aren't working, things aren't getting created, things aren't being produced, but people are still having money dropped to them. Uh, you know, there is a certain percentage of the population that still has money that are able to buy things. Those things start running out. Supply chains are blocked off. You know, just I, I, re I read an article recently in terms of the expensive cost of, of shipping things abroad now, just because there's such reduced air travel, the cost of, of shipping things has increased from country to country. There is a limit to this this kind of stuff. So um, saying it's, it's caused by the saying saying this saying this is a not really a financial crisis i completely disagree the crisis in the finance system is that one people are suffering because they're massively over leveraged look at what's happening with airbnb i saw i saw something ridiculous like like people having 10 to 20 uh mortgages on properties they don't own that all buy to let um and crisis hit that's over leverage and the reason why people are over leveraging is because they're looking for greater yields and just basically everyone's pushed into riskier and riskier behavior because a savings aren't appetizing there's interest interest rates low at the bank means people have to borrow money and leverage debt or invest in riskier assets to get a ret return on their money just to preserve what funds they have against inflation otherwise the purchasing power decreases well what happened Banks printed a bunch of money, purchasing power is going to decrease, guaranteed, just due to the hidden tax of inflation, because the cost of goods is go are going to rise. So, you know, and cost of goods are going to rise as, the, as there's fewer goods anyway, because there's less being produced. So there's no escape. This is a, this is a cyclical nature, and this is the problem with the existing financial system, which traditional finance does not have a solution to, other than creating an actual Great Depression. And that means increasing interest rates increasing interest rates interest rates need to be increased and it's not going to happen because we're too over leveraged the other thing is they keep bailing out companies that need to fail again they keep bailing out companies that need to fail so let, let me let's quickly just touch upon this and why i think he's incorrect um this is completely a financial crisis um because they're bailing out that companies that need to fail these companies keep on trotting along these are the same companies, you know, that had millions of dollars of cash that, you know, shareholders um, and not shareholders, um, people that run the company have have an incentive to, you know, use the cash for stock buybacks because it pumps the price of the stock. That means the stock that they hold is increased in value and they drop, then they jump ship. That's literally what happened months and months and months ago. And we saw people doing this. We commented on this on the channel. A lot of people saw that as a massive signal of a, of a problem when CEOs and heads of companies are stepping down and selling their stocks. Some, some of it, you know, uh, so you have to understand when these CEOs have a lot, a lot of um, assets in their company, a lot of stocks in their company uh, that they that they hold. There's some some stipulations where if they sell all their stocks all at once, they don't get as much of the value of the stocks. 
as opposed to selling bits over time. Yet all of these CEOs sold all at once, which doesn't even make sense from a profit profit standpoint on the surface, you know, making the most money standpoint of service, unless they knew something that we didn't. And that was basically the, tra the trajectory of where things were going. So it didn't take much. And, and the most obvious thing with, with the stock market, and you know, saying this is not a financial crisis, how is the stock market meant to be a representation of our, of the economy and it's consistently going up? You know, it's almost it's it's, pro, it's almost going to go on to a new uh, all-time high again. It's, it's it's reaching those points again. Okay, it's on track to reach an all-time high in a couple of months. Um, yet there's the least economic activity, the highest unemployment that has ever been. So, you know, I completely disagree saying this is a financial. This is not a financial crisis. This is a financial crisis. It was just triggered. By something small because realistically speaking you know if, if a few weeks of lockdown completely grinds things up means companies need to be bailed out um you know it's it's it's, an, it's you know it's an issue there's always going to be something that pops up and the financial system isn't strong enough to deal with it then there's going to be a crisis and that's that's what happened it's not it's just it's not the it's not reason why things are happening why so many people are suffering right now um you know if i get i don't wanna, i don't wanna go on a rant anymore but you know again just the way the, the system is incentivized you know people people aren't really in a position where they can save and then their purchasing power decreases and then you know the money is worth less so they have to spend more to just do just get by and live you know live a basic life so um you know so anyway anyway uh let's move on to the next article so um so bitfinex well joe 007 uh seems seemingly has left twitter so this guy he's i think he's been on for three years since 2017 um he traded you know he's on the top leaderboard for bitfinex in terms of trading um you know often making 10 million 20 million in the trade uh, i think last month he may he lost 20 million highly likely he was hedged anyway or liquidated um but the thing i didn't like about that was people laughing at him on twitter at someone losing 20 million dollars like why would anyone laugh at anyone at losing money just because they want to feel right that's not cool um but he he, he was quite a troll on twitter so um he's left probably still trading bitcoin but probably tired of dealing with uh people's responses to his trolling say so. okay so last two pieces of news so Binance was the only platform to see derivatives grow in April. Crypto compare reveals. So bear in mind that includes Bitfinex, uh, includes OKX, Wabi, FTX, Deribit, and CME. So Binance, I'm telling you guys, but there's something about this company. Um, they're just doing a lot to write, which is why I do like Binance Coin. I've mentioned it again, I mentioned it before. I've been talking about Binance Coin for ages, um, like at least a good three years. When it, basically, when Binance Coin popped up, um, you know, I'm probably going to say it's probably one of my uh, coins I would consider holding in, you know, to the end of the next bull cycle. Um, but yeah, Binance, Binance. I think they've launched their options by now, which is a derivative platform. They've launched their futures, which is derivatives. So they've they've launched a lot of new products, and likely they're starting to siphon off uh, customers from other platforms. Now, what's interesting is I actually saw another chart that included Bytebit, and Bytebit has had just continual growth month after month, and Bitmex has seen decreased growth, 
and serve some of the other exchanges other than Binance. So it seems to be Binance and Bytebit seem to be uh, really performing well. And it's it's important to kind of um, try and trade in the exchanges that are, are as liquid as possible. And it's probably going to be the most popular exchanges that have growth on them. Just means that when it comes to slippage and on orders, um, it's not. It's just less likely to happen. Also, you user interface and um, and uh, trading mechanisms matter as well. So some, you know, obviously trade on the platform that works for you. But Binance seems to be a popular popular platform. Uh, for many. And lastly, let's quickly talk about Zoom. So Zoom acquires Keybase as it seeks to enhance video platform privacy. So guys, I don't know if any of you use Zoom, but I've noticed this week that it's um, they've changed the, the app where you have to allow people to actually enter the room and authorize them. Such a simple, you know, something so simple, but I mean, the fact this wasn't there from the start is amazing. But assuming that Zoom is you know, still, uh, you know, uh, prior, you know, not, you know, it's still a secure platform. That's not really, that's not really the case. So video communications platform Zoom has announced the acquisition of Keybase as it seeks to enhance the state of privacy and security in its offerings. The goal is to provide end-to-end -end encryption on the platform according to a Thursday press statement. And the fact they don't have end-to-end -end encryption, Jesus, it's just, oh my God. Um, <laughs> that's insane to me because, you know, this is what, I mean, my government's using Zoom. Uh, my prime minister actually posted his Zoom room uh, thing on Twitter, just demonstrating that he was, you know, everyone was working from home, encouraging people to work from home. But he also posted the Zoom number for his room, which is hilarious. Um, but end-to-end -end encrypted platforms, there are communication platforms with easily deployable security. They are enterprise-scale communication platforms. We believe that no current platform offers all of these. This is what Zoom plans to build, giving our users security, ease of use, and scale all at once, says Eric Yuan, Zoom CEO, said in a statement. So if that were to come, that would be nice, but it really should have been there as standard. Um, but, I, but I'm pretty sure um, the way the argument against encryption is going from governments and um, other companies because um, there is pressure on these companies to not have encryption enabled, that there might be some kind of... Because if you look at Skype, Skype have this issue. Um, um, there's, there's probably going to be some kind of uh, back and forth between Zoom, because they're really popular now, so they're probably going to be under quite a bit of scrutiny when it comes to encryption. But that's it for today's video, guys. Thank you so much for watching or listening if you have been. Again, don't forget to subscribe and follow and go to bloombearcrypto.com forward slash insider uh, to get the email updates. Love you all. See you before the halving and I hope you have a, a lovely day. Speak very soon.